Section 7 of Incidents of Travel in Central America, Chiapas, and Yucatan, Volume 2, by John Lloyd Steffens. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Sue Anderson. The river itself was beautiful. The side which we had descended was a high and almost perpendicular mountain, and on both sides trees spread their branches over the water it was called the river of peace but was now the dividing line of deadly war the boundary between guatemala and san salvador the inhabitants of the opposite side were in an enemy's country and the routed troops both of morazan and figueroa had fled to it for refuge riding some distance up the stream we worked our way across and on the opposite side found a wakal or drinking shell which had probably been left there by some flying soldier we drank from it as if it had been intended for our use and left it on the bank for the benefit of the next comer we were now in the state of guatemala on the banks of a wild river without any visible path and our situation was rather more precarious than before for here the routed soldiers would consider themselves safe, and probably many, after a day and night of toil and fighting, would lie down to rest. We were fortunate in regard to a path, for, riding a short distance through the woods along the bank of the river, we struck one which turned off to the left and terminated in the Camino Real, leading from the regular fording place. Here we dismissed our little guide, and set out on the main road the face of the country was entirely changed broken and stony and we saw no one till we reached the hacienda of palmita this too seemed desolate we entered the yard and did not see a single person till we pushed open the door of the house the proprietor was an old gentleman opposed to morazan who sat in the sala with his wife's saddle and his own and two bundles of bed and bedding packed up on the floor ready for a start he seemed to feel that it was too late and with an air of submission answered our questions and then asked us how many men we had with us it was amusing that while half frightened to death ourselves we carried terror wherever we went we relieved him by inquiring about don saturnino and our luggage remounted and rode on in an hour we reached the hacienda of cacao where don saturnino was to sleep owing to the position of the ground we came suddenly upon the front of the house and saw under the piazza three cachureco soldiers eating tortillas they saw us at the same moment snatched up their muskets and ran but suddenly one stopped and leveled at us a blunderbuss the barrel looked as big as a church door and seemed to cover both the captain and me we were in awful danger of being shot by mistake when one of them rushed back knocked up the blunderbuss and crying out amigos los ingleses gave us a chance to reach them this amiable and sensible young cachureco vagabond was one of those who had paid us a visit to beg a breakfast and a medio probably there never was a sixpence put out at better interest he had seen us intimate with figueroa 
and taught by his betters to believe that general morazan was a cutthroat and murderer and not conceiving that we could be safe with him considered us sharers of the same danger and inquired how we had escaped as it turned out we were extremely happy to meet with these another party might have received us very differently and they relieved us in an important point for they told us that most of the routed soldiers had fled on the santa anna road don saturnino had passed the night at this hacienda and set out very early in the morning the soldiers returned to finish their meal and giving their thanks in payment set out again with us they had a good horse which they had stolen on the road and which they said paid them very well for the expedition and rode by turns barebacked passing el cacao their appearance created a sensation for they brought the first intelligence of the rout of figueroa this was ominous news for all had considered morazan completely crushed by his defeat at guatemala in his retreat he had avoided the villages and they did not know that he had escaped with so strong a force we endeavored to procure a guide but not a man could be induced to leave the village and we rode on in a short time it began to rain the road was very stony and we crossed a high bleak volcanic mountain late in the afternoon the captain conceived suspicions of the soldiers and we rode on very unceremoniously leaving them behind about five o'clock we avoided the road that led to a village and taking el camino de los partidos which was very rough and stony soon came to a place where there were branches and we were at a loss which to take but the course lay through a broad valley bounded by two ranges of mountains we felt sure that our road did not cross either of these ranges and these were our only guides a little before dark we passed beyond the range of mountains and on our right saw a road leading into the woods and presently heard the sound of a bell and saw through the trees a hacienda to arrive at which we had to go on some distance and then turn back by a private road it was situated in a large clearing with cucinera and sheds and a large sugar mill twenty or thirty workmen principally indians were assembled to give an account of their day's work and receive orders for the next our appearance created a great sensation the proprietors of the hacienda two brothers stood in the door while we were talking with the men and we rode up and asked permission to stop there for the night the elder assented but with an embarrassment that showed the state of alarm and suspicion existing in the country the gentleman wore the common hacienda dress and the interior was miserably poor but had a hammock and two rude frames with matting over them for beds there was a small room adjoining in which was the wife of one of them with a child the proprietors were men of education and intelligence thoroughly acquainted with the condition of the country and we told them what had happened at aguachapa and that we were hurrying on to guatemala we had supper at a small table placed between the hammock and one of the beds consisting of fried eggs frijoles and tortillas 
as usual, without knife, fork, or spoon. After supper our elder host was called out, but in a few minutes returned and, closing the door, told us that there was a great excitement among the workmen on our account. They did not believe our story of going on to Guatemala, for a woman had seen us come in from the Guatemala road, and they believed that we were officers of Morazan retreating from the attack on Guatemala and endeavoring to escape into San Salvador. Here was a ground of suspicion we had not anticipated. The gentleman was much agitated. He regretted that he was obliged to violate the laws of hospitality, but said we knew the distracted state of the country and the frenzy of party spirit. He himself was against Morazan. His men were violent cachurecos, and at this moment capable of committing any outrage. He had incurred great peril by receiving us for a moment under his roof, and begged us, both for our sake and his, to leave his house, adding that, even if we were of those unfortunate men, our horses should be brought up and we should go away unharmed. More he could not promise. Now, if we had really been the fugitives he supposed us, we should, no doubt, have been thankful for his kindness. But to be turned out by mistake, in a dark night, an unknown country, and without any guide, was almost as bad as coming at us with a blunderbuss. Fortunately, he was not a suspicious man. If he had been another Don Gregorio, we should have quotes, walked Spanish, and, more fortunately still, my pertinacity had secured Figueroa's passport. It was the only thing that could have cleared our character. I showed it to him, pointing out to the extra flourish which the secretary had made of plenipotentiario, and I believe he was not more astonished at finding who had honored him by taking possession of his house than pleased that we were not Morazan's officers. Though an intelligent man, he had passed a retired life on his hacienda. He had heard of such a thing as a ministro plenipotentiario, but had never seen one. My accoutrements and the eagle on my hat sustained the character, and he called in the majordomo and two leading men on the hacienda, read to them the passport, and explained to them the character of a ministro plenipotentiario, while I sat up on the bed with my coat off and hat on to show the eagle, and the captain suppressed all partialities for 